Pam, yar. <laughs> Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Well, it's a cash conk, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Exciting for you, Mutiny Radio listener. There are six new shows here at mutinyradio.fm. Monday nights at 10 o'clock, it's time for free phone sex. 415-550-0511. Yes, call in for free phone sex. When it's 2 o'clock on a Wednesday... And you hear the trippy music. You know what time it is. You know it's time to talk about the world and the universe and everything. On some call me Tim. You'd think I've been doing this show for like three years now that I could time out when that comes with the music and I never do. Today on the program we have... John Garside. Hello. Hi. Big Brit. Yeah, Big British John. Big British John. So yeah, you're really British. Really am British. Oh, the wow. accents, the accents real. The accents real. Yeah. It's exciting I stuff. I earned it. Paper. <laughs> uh, so he is Big British John. You can look him up on the face of my books and all that. But here on Some Call Me Tim, do you know why we call the show Some Call Me Tim? Well, that's first of all. When I saw the reference, I'm like, all right. First, I need to know more. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm like 50% Python. Oh, it's, perfect. Yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's exactly the reason. So you know, it's mm. just in that whole. I love the end of that when they were like, it's just a movie, and there's a, there's the girl. It's just the search for something that might or might not exist, and all that kind of just like, God, is it real? Is he real? Are we constructing it? And so. Some call me Tim. Yeah, we could do the whole music number right now. If you want. <laughs> I love when it's on the cross and the, blah, blah, blah. the life of Brian is also very funny. Uh, but look deep in the eyes of Sparkle Jesus, and I ask, do you believe in Jesus? We, we've agreed to see other people. <laughs> you guys broke up. You used to talk to him all the time. I, uh, I I was willing to uh, believe the stories, and, and it was it was his, it was his own journey. And it took a good number of years and a, and a good chunk of life. There were some stupid things I did in the name of one's country, for Queenie. <laughs> that meant I was rather grateful for his companionship during those times. Uh, and I, obviously, I was just glad that you know Jesus had a thing for big white people <laughs> um not so much the other people on the other end of the rifle uh which was which is great i'm sure they had their deity but not as good as mine <laughs> 
But then as I saw more and more of life, I, I'm like, well, much as I appreciate your love for the white middle class. Um, wow, what is that? I know, right? They are... It, I was Christian and I was white middle class and all the people that I know who are still Christian are still white middle class. My parents, only, my brother. He only cures those with health care. Yeah. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And they and they're Costco prescriptions, I'm sure. Um, but, um. And then I saw, I was in Africa, uh, in South Africa, working and I saw, uh, I was actually hiring people for a security company. Uh, IT security company, and uh, we were hiring in Norweto. Everyone's heard of Soweto, where you know the Mandelas were from. Norweto. Oh, oh it's their places. It's like these are real places. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called Alexandria. Its real name is Alexandria, but Norweto means north of the the Veld. Sure. And uh, and I'm seeing this poverty like really close. Like oh. when people jo- when people make jokes about about San Francisco's feces problem. Oh. It ain't a problem. Really? Oh, I'll, I'll show you way worse. Uh, it, are people living in like tin shacks? Like what are they, are they living in? It's not like, it's very similar to Oakland. <laughs> Am I not allowed to do those? Is that, <laughs> no, that's very is funny. That, is that it's okay. No, that's very funny. Uh, it's, yeah, I, no, the tin shacks. Like you are wealthy if you have tin for a roof. You know, wow. you, you start with a roof and work down. Uh, oh. the, the poor have a top. Uh, or a collection of plastic bags. Wow. And that, that But that's next to richness, right? Like, because Cape Town is, I mean, th- it's swanky, like, it, I mean, it, just, it was haves and have nots. And then they, well, first they said segregation is real and you're not a person or whatever. And then they're like, okay, now you're people. We're still but, talking about Oakland, aren't we? <laughs> well, I think that the... I mean, the question, two white people talking about racism, isn't it fun? Uh, but, uh, so there's real poverty. So we don't have What do have you mean I'm British? We created it. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys mastered the slavery. Um, so there wasn't running water. That's what you mean, like, for, so. Not, not to the house, but there was to the standpipe. Okay. And uh, you have to bear in mind, I'm not quite as old as, uh, as, as I might be. Uh, feeling sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, there's water to the standpipe. But, and I was there to... to um, high people and I'll give you the short version of this but basically there was over a hundred people turned up for these interviews on a Saturday morning and this is for a regular IT gig right you know, anyone around here would would do and they met the minimum qualifications and uh, I interviewed the first four people and they all answered the questions exactly the same way. Every one of them had learned everything about the company I work for. Wow. And just recited verbatim the company bio lines and stuff. Why would you like to work for these? Because your company has been a steadfast proponent of database security. Da, da, da. And they're like, that's great. I think I broke that. <laughs> and then the fifth guy comes in and he starts answering the question exactly the same way. I'm kind of getting bored of this. Sure. But crucially, I realize he's wearing the first guy's suit. No. Yeah. Wow. He's wearing the first guy's suit. And but uh, how are they educated if they're uh, p- people who are super poor can be super educated? Well, they have these things called schools. <laughs> um, I just thought that poor people didn't get educated. No, they actually have a national curriculum. And education, is to those with nothing, education is incredibly valuable. This is one of the lessons I have seen throughout life. Sure. And again, it's kind of one of those British things. It's like, sure, we took your parents, we took your grandparents, but we left you with an education system and a baccalaureate program. Huh. Uh, and 
as long as you can afford to be in school, your parents will scrimp and save to put you in school, to pay the 20 cents a day or equivalent. Um, but they really understand the value because it is the only way out. If your choices are, you know, prison, death, or squalor, Prostitution. you'll find that not really. I mean, not for I'm, you. I've no, never been attractive enough. Sure. Mm. I did time in a British boarding school, so I knew what I was going in for. <laughs> hey, there's a market for that out here. <laughs> just your, you just got a bat for the other team. Absolutely. Cricket, cricket bat for the other team. I mean, big, tall you and little little boy shorts and a little, oh, I can just see it. That would be so cute. The if my wife's watching uh, <laughs> or listening even. There could be a market. I didn't have these ideas. It was you, Pam's fault. You should dress up. For, that would be what a great Halloween costume. That, that you'd be like sexy schoolboy, <laughs> sexy English schoolboy. It's that's Halloween. Uh, you know, I wondered what I'd wear for that next gig at the Improv, and uh, you've solved that problem for <laughs> me. I was like, I'll wear my lucky jacket. Now we're talking thongs and school shorts. Just I'm liking that. Yeah. What are thongs? Not th- our thongs are different than your thongs. Thongs are like girly pants that have no butt girly underwear what are your thongs what else, would I, what else would I wear I, I don't know people call thongs different things like some people think they're flip flops they think you those are thongs you cannot cover your genitalia with a sandal <laughs> not and get the support you so need so a thong okay so a girl thong yeah. I feel we strayed from the topic yeah well <laughs> Jesus I don't think they wore underwear at all well I so me and Jesus a loincloth surely but they were wearing robes. I think it must have been just for ease, like because they're also pooping on the ground to get back to the squalor. Weren't like biblical times squalorific? Like, we're. I mean, what? How old do I look? No, I don't know. But you seem to have you have knowledge of. You've been. You've been. We trained used to run that English country schools. as well after the war. We <laughs> fucked that one up as well. Palestine. <laughs> we created that. You're really? welcome. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We uh, we, we we screwed up so. But that, many things. I think that wasn't that supposed to be helpful because like. Quite we, often we, we were being helpful. We were, because the United States were like, yeah, let's form Israel, even though that was someone else's country. And then we're like, this is a country now. And then they said, well, let's put all the Muslims over here in Palestine. Didn't we have a part of that too? You know what? There was a, there was a number of senators that were quite keen on the idea. It's like we're kind of repeating that cycle again right now. But to be fair... This was because it wasn't just uh, Israel at the time. We also had our hands in this thing called Iraq and, oh. and Iran, and we were creating borders. And rather than look at actual geography, we looked at a map, and some mm-hmm. guys in Oxford got a rule around and said, oh, this won't cause any problems. Uh, we, we did the same in India a couple of years' time and oh. creation of Pakistan. It's because we didn't know that, or the, it didn't have the study or the knowledge of the people. No, we knew. We didn't care. Oh. Big, huge difference. We were like... And, you know, uh, they're, they're all wonderful fuzzy wuzzies. I'm sure they'll all get on well with one another. And, um, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll just say anybody on this side of the line is, uh, is, is that and on that side is the other. And, um, no, no, be fine, be fine. Tea, absolutely wonderful. Ooh, Tiffin, oh, wonderful. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, that's, it just blows my mind to think of it in that way because... Three guys in Oxford. I mean, I feel like we did the same thing in Vietnam. We totally screwed up Vietnam because we didn't understand the culture, what was going on. We didn't understand why the northern people were into the communism or how. Maybe we backed, maybe back in the south was wrong. We didn't even know because we didn't know the culture. We didn't know the language. We had people. We didn't know the roads, the topography, the weather, none of it. And we're like, let's put a bunch of money in. We're going to get these and then bad words and stuff, and they all look the same. Uh. And But it was our cultural ignorance that made that war last for 30 years 
yeah. There's this English person called Jeremy Clarkson. He's a bit of an ass. Uh, has a TV program now on Amazon, and he create well, no, he, create, he curated this phrase, which a lot of British people use, and I've used it. How hard can it be? You take the most complex issue, having a kid, uh, creating countries, solving cultural issues, and you apply the simple prism. How hard can it be? <laughs> and you can screw up anything for 30 years on that basis. You'll make a commitment. Like, how hard could it be to change a government in Iraq? Turns out... Pretty hard. How hard is it to change a diaper? I, know, I got that shit down one-handed now. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. We're two and a half years in. I got that yeah. thing. I'm like, you know... I have a nanny thing I do where I do it when they're standing. I just... I can, I can change diapers when they're standing up easier than any laying down proposition we're talking boys or girls both. or both 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 I'm, i've been with boys you've got like a hook you can use <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the and the thing is it's they're easy i do right now i'm hanging out with a young lady who's just turned two and she's still in the dipes and uh standing up it's hard sometimes with the poop though well i'm gonna say because you just gotta get into all smear. the smear you gotta get in and you gotta front to back uh, right exactly. do not yeah never do not back fuck to that front. one up. yeah no That's, can't mm-mm. Mm-mm. but uh it's it's yeah it's hard to get in there I, I wonder why we don't have little baby bidets do they i mean in europe do they stick there do english people have bidets are you are you guys really into to butt cleanliness first of all <laughs> You just committed a bit of a faux pas. You confused me with the French. Oh, but no, the Italians are the ones that I knew that had bidets. Well, I just well, figure they, everyone they do, in Europe. But the, it's, it's, it's the French that really went to town, and I, I believe they do have the more fungal vagina issue. <laughs> um, one assumes that's the case. Uh, I've only known, assume my wife's not listening, I've only known a few French vaginas. Um, and, um, I mean, I'd rate them quite highly. Um, now, whether that was uh, down to Kegel exercises or a bidet, who knows? Right. Um, but um, yeah, we did have a, we took we went to Paris uh, a year ago and change uh, with the monkey, and um, she thought they were great. And <laughs> and there was this, especially when she found out there was tabs that she could access. Oh no! Which are otherwise forbidden at home. Of um, course. You know, drought, and you know, she can flood anything. And yeah, that was. Did she um, see like a like a um, water fountain? Yeah, it was. Stop it! Don't ooey. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's a reason why my kid looks like she's got bits of. You know, you have to get the peel the um, duct tape off her. Yeah. It's like you're not touching that again. <laughs> uh, are you raising your child uh, religious in any way? My wife is. Your wife is. <laughs> your wife is raising your child religious. You're going along with it. I'm. I'm. I'm committed to her being part of a good community. Right on. So obviously white middle class with healthcare. <laughs> um, no, it, it's a real. Um, you know, it comes back to the it, religion didn't just start it. This was. A, it, it was. You know, my personal belief is it was a control tool. It was a community control tool. Establish acceptable norms and then say the big invisible man said that's what you've got to do. Mm. And, you know, the principle of sheeple. Right. And it 
quite effective. You know why built? You know why churches are so tall? So God can look down on you. Oh, I thought it was so the priest can jump off and commit suicide. <laughs> um, well, See, I don't think that's that. I just well, I, they I, don't do that. Do well, they do that? Nuns. Nuns. They threaten the choir boys. <laughs> well, if you don't want to take your your little vesticles off and uh, expose your little testicles, then uh, off the top you'll go, little boy. <laughs> um, no, uh, it, it's. Uh, I always thought nunneries were interesting. That that was like. I've watched wh- those films. <laughs> why, why would you want? Why would you ask? I, I just don't understand. In order to have a relationship with God, or whatever, maybe it was to be taken care of. If you didn't get married and to have kids, then you had to be a nun. Unless if you didn't do that, you were a witch. Like you had three choices. Like you could be a nun, a witch, or a wife. Maybe. And so you're like, well, I don't like dudes, so I guess I'll be a nun. Two things. Yeah. First of all, um, my wife has been watching this Call the Midwife program. Oh. Um, you know, I'm sure it's on Netflix. It's, it's on, on the Netflix, Netflix it yeah. It is. I haven't seen and, it yet. And, uh, you know, this is the start of the NHS, the National Health Service in the UK, and the nuns were involved in the labor because they always had been because, you know, God wants to make sure he's got more um, acolytes, so make sure they survive childbirth. Um, but... <laughs> So I'm not a good person. <laughs> right, never mind. And so it's interesting to watch, you know, there, these, all the, these are young nuns. And, like, and to your point, why? You, you know, look, you're attractive. You made it to a TV casting. You had choices. <laughs> but, but to the... <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I mixed up a few things there. But the, to, to, to the nuns and the marrying Jesus, my, I, I say this, I joked, and I think it's a joke, that my, uh, you know, my little ones, she's not going to be dating, you know, as a father. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with the idea. She's only two and change. <laughs> We've got 14 years of, of, of planning on this one. And I said to somebody, I said, she's, she's going to go straight into the convent to marry Jesus. Yeah. And uh, this person said to me, I think you'll find she's going to date Jesus. yeah and and it's a struggle i i don't understand it but but i do understand it it's it was it was it was a choice you look at when the nunnery you know that the british nunneries you know pre-reformation and it was we need x amount of people to pray for the rich people who are doing bad things i mean you literally could pay for your sins wow um, and and what better way? Well, we're going to have a good weekend of debauchery, but don't worry, we've got a couple of uggos. We're going to uh, throw those in the nunnery to pray for us, cleanse our souls. We're all good. Um, bring on the sex dwarfs. You know? <laughs> I I always just thought that I well I was raised originally. I went I went to I saw my first dead body when I was like seven, and it was a it was a wake. Is the wake the right word? It was it was in a Catholic thing, and my grandmother was Catholic, and so I had to go to this thing, and there was a dead lady in front of us, and she, I was related to her somehow, like she was some great aunt or something. If there's drinking, it's a wake. There wasn't drinking. It was in a church, so maybe it was a, a real funeral. A view, a, what might be a, a viewing. viewing. Yeah. And there were all these nuns there, because I guess this lady was a nun, and one of them asked me, she said, are you going to be a good little nun when you grow up? And I was like, no, I'm not even Catholic. Like, I don't, what are you, why would you ask me that? And I was, I ended up offending people. And I just remember like 
A, being freaked out about being, like, why would you, why would you want little girls to think that that's a thing that they'd want to be? That's so weird. Like, yeah, I want to wear. As a father, I have a few ideas. Well, I mean, so is it the idea that, but then that's the other thing, is it why is a woman's having sex so, like, carefully tended to as a dad or whatever like that's like a thing that you're like oh my god boys are going to do terrible things to her like i'm fine with the sex it's the heartbreak it's the emotional uh, side of things huh i maybe that's just me being a little bit strange there like i accept that she's going to i accept that she's going to i can't get further than that me and my psychiatrist we've got we've got a few years yeah 14 and jane but um maybe 30 if i'm lucky but (laughs) but it's the i don't want her to get hurt Oh. It's the emotional hurt, and I, th- huh. those are the things which... That's very sweet. Um, or controlling. <laughs> or, yeah. Well, I, but you can, I mean, being a nun, then you, then you just have all these other things to hurt yourself about and feel terrible and you're not you're never being a nun would be terrible because you're never good enough. Jesus is the worst because it just makes you feel like you'll never be good enough. Uh, he, he did set a somewhat high bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the whole you know, uh, essentially suicide. Right. Um, see, what what troubles me, and I, not, I love the fact that, you know, Christianity can't agree on things. <laughs> yeah, like, so We're all the same, but completely different. Right. Um, yeah, I love to see a, a Catholic and a Lutheran in a bar fight. Um, <laughs> but I have real issues with it, and I mean, like, fundamental issues with original sin. Ah. Uh. This, this one daunts me because... You know, I, I remember being, I, I got confirmed when I was, I don't know, 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to suit. think of the things which I did that were so bad that I had to be cleansed of them. Hmm. I mean, there was a magnifying glass, there was some ants, there was an accident. <laughs> um, I, I used to pop ants with magnifying glasses. That was mean. But the fact that, the idea that this, this delightful little creature who had just been born... Some five or six weeks after she was born, she was she was christened, baptized, whatever you wish. And there were some words in there about cleansing her of her original... I had real... Huh. I mean, to be fair, I was just doing this so that, you know, my mom would include the kid in the will. I mean, let's be honest <laughs> about this. This was this was an investment. I mean, uh, mom's in town after the thing. What can we do this nice... Put the water oh, on the baby. Yeah. Water in the baby, sure. God's don't make her a godparent. She might be, you know, if she follows the example of being a parent, then uh, I'm joking, mother. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm sure godparents are a lot of fun. But no, I, I understand that that's, for some people, it's still, all of these rituals have a lot of meaning. For my grandmother. They have, like, a, a, like if you don't baptize the child, you're damning your child to hell. How dare you? You're, And it's like, wow, this ritual that we all... But then that I find so interesting because it it so closely relates to witchcraft, and yet we burn so many witches. So it's like, light some candles, pray on some water, and do some stuff. But that's only okay if you do it in a church with a priest. If you do it like, you know, over a cauldron with a cat, you're a witch. I, I mean, it's just stew. Sometimes sometimes a stew is just a stew. No, someone told me, someone made a very similar thing the other day and they said, if you do it in your own house, it's like Uber for religion. You're doing it in your own environment with your own tools. And I thought that's, that's a little bit strange. And they explained it further and it just got stranger. Then I realized, don't have in-depth conversations with a meth head. <laughs> 
uh, while on meth, which I yeah. I was just casually unaware. Yeah, just, there was a guy on meth last night outside, or we don't know. I don't know. It could have been crack. Who knows? It could have been fentanyl. But he was outside of. I work at a, a bar twice a week, and um, he was in the ground, and he had broken a window, and there were all these shards of glass, and he was like, sort of like picking them up and going through them and then putting like little tiny ones into another bag and he was just sitting there like in like in the gutter what do you do like so for me as a former christian like what is my social responsibility to this like am i the good samaritan is that not do i walk by like you know the like the pharisee oh i am so late for my meeting and it's important with the god and so he didn't help the man in the ditch and then the other guy well i there was he had some other reason and then this the guy who would be unclean to touch saved him not very nice okay but like now i sometimes that even even having a history with um you know my lord and savior jesus christ it what I mean, walking around San Francisco, what is our responsibility to our fellow man? Do we have one? Like, is that what religion is about? Like, so that we won't fuck each other up all the time? Or is it not we go, well, they have original sin and they haven't, you know, drank of the blood of the Father, so. Like. I, I, I struggle on this one, and it's interesting. I, not, not wishing to be political about it, but it's kind of like, I, I believe we're all born on the left. We believe in the good of humanity, and we're all going to contribute to society. Then we have a little bit of money, and and suddenly we start thinking more in the concept of mine. And then, and I'm I'm I am really lucky. I mean, I'm a kid with no education. Um, I pretty much trade on the accent. That's it. <laughs> I'm as dumb as a second hand. But your people have the Oxford, and it's just a, it's a systemized education. You didn't no. take advantage of it. Oh no, I got expelled several times. Oh. oh I, I didn't even finish high school. I had to go back and get my sort of GED equivalency. Wow. Um, yeah. Trade on that accent. There you go. Uh, well, the, the, I had some brains, so somehow I ended up with a couple of patents on the use of artificial intelligence and IT security systems. Wow. Go, yeah, go figure that. And, and yet, you know, I'd much rather be on a stage with a with a mic than, uh, than you know, writing security copy. But you kind of get this, you, you, as soon as you get this concept of mine, you start drifting. I mean, there was a point when I thought Margaret Thatcher was quite a good person. Oh, she's not? Um, not for a lot of people. Mm. Um, you know, tax the poor, give money oh. back. Um, you have to bear in mind, we basically took a photocopier to Reagan's economic principles. Oh, trickle-down doesn't work. Yeah, we thought that would be a great idea. Uh, Liberalise everything, sell off all the national assets. National, you know, and, Well, uh, it's not treacle-down, it's trickle-down. I can understand how treacle-down would be nice, because a nice treacle pie would oh, be... treacle-tart. You could treacle-tart. It's not a treacle-down I wondered theory. how quickly we'd get to... to, <laughs> to, to no, but trickle-down theory, I just was making a funny Do you want me to do my poor voice at this point? Oh, my God, I'm, you have I'm a poor voice? Oh, I'm from the same part of the world. See, I, I spent a lot of my time working time in London. Uh-huh. If I use my natural family voice, then I sound like Paul. <laughs> I'm, I'm from the same part of town as Paul, from, from the same part of the world, from Yorkshire. We sound like this. Yorkshire, Yorkshire pudding is the best, one of the best foods ever created. Oh, it's wonderful. The, the, out the out that you can dip in gravy <laughs> is is wonderful. See, I don't understand Americans. Your concept, you like biscuits and gravy. Now, for me, that's a cookie a bis- with oh, some wait, jus. Now, why would you put a chocolate chip cookie with some beef jus? That makes no sense. Right, because a gravy is but different. But you, you took what we call a scone and went rogue. Right. And called it a biscuit. And then gravy, you decided, should be made from flour, butter, and 
Meat drip. Yes. Oh. What do you make? Your gravy is just a beijou a with jus. a bit of cornstarch, a bit of cornstarch in it. Huh. Um, you know that's. You just went off on one. You're like, how many calories can we put in it? I believe Paula Dean was just the, you know, the 19th incantation of the first person who wanted to kill everybody. <laughs> well, we we like we like butter a lot. Yeah, I guess a, a biscuit is a scone, except the biscuit's a cookie. Exa- well, exactly. For a you, bi- right? A, exactly. Yeah, it's the um, chips and fries thing. But I, this is the thing I don't understand about, like, why, why did we shit on? England's cuisine for so long when you guys really weren't fucking it up like we in America we have this thing like British people's food is shit it's gross and stupid like that's what I was taught when I was little did did you didn't but I was like why do Americans do this the British Bay show's great like and the people are so nice and they have those funny accents they're so fun and they're nice to each other it's it's the least American thing ever any American TV show there's so much drama I and mean, she's just all like Lara and then they do all that like first awful all, stuff first of all let's just get this out of the way I think we're both glad that was it Ra- Raul Raul uh, yes Raul won that Raul won because otherwise he was going to top himself <laughs> I mean there was going to be a celebration little garden party and they were going to pan back to the tent and he was going to be strung up from a chandelier absolutely there was no two ways about it he was so not confident about anything I'm like did your parents beat you does everyone get beaten in India as a child like yes. is that what happens yes, they do That's just on the street <laughs> you're nothing you suck I said a good friend of mine at at work, I work with a good number of, sort of Indian nationals and Korean nationals, and they both compare childhoods. Like, they compare stress positions that they were forced to sit in when they got a B. What? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, it, it, the pressure. Uh, but the pressure of... Uh, it comes back to the... It actually comes back to where we started this conversation. Education, the value of it. People understand that, you know, you are going to stay where you are within your social class, your caste, wherever. And the only way to move up is through education. And so it's a... It's to be a doctor. I'm not drinking. I've cut my drinking by a good two-thirds since the kid was born. Wow, and, good for you. And and the kid has a college fund. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> These things are linked. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. Well, that's one of the reasons why I'm was never going to have kids is I really love drinking. Like I love it. I love it on a Tuesday. I love it on a, on a weird day. I mean, I, I have to limit it now because my body just isn't letting me cause I'm old lady now, but like I love drinking. And if I would have had a kid, I still would have loved drinking. And then I would have been a bad parent. You I know mean, what I, I mean? If I may quote um, St. Kavanaugh, I love beer. <laughs> yeah, I love beer. <laughs> beer can make bread. I know I love, I would drink. I, but I get it, like being a good parent and and drinking and having and using that particular drug as much as you want are, are just not things that can go together. It's not that. It's having the ability to stay awake. So like the kid's bedtime, her wind down routine has become mine. Oh. Oh, if I can stay awake 15 minutes past her bedtime, I'm amazed these days. It's wow. I've really settled into this. I, I'm I'm informed. Are you stay at home, Dad? No, God, no. I'm, okay. No, my no wife, you're the IT thing. No, my okay. wife suffers okay. um, terribly. Me and the kid. <laughs> um, she's raising two children, as she says. Um, but uh, no, I'm my. I, it's it's incumbent on me. I, I make sure I get home in time for uh, for bedtime because that's 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 my opportunity to shine and to take the burden off the wife, so she can actually get get out of mommy brain for a few minutes. She can watch British Bake Show as opposed to. Um, 
Oh, what's the Mr. Rogers Tiger thing called? I keep, uh, Daniel Tiger. Oh, that's a new. I haven't. I don't. I don't do screen time with when I hang out with kids because it freaks me out and like I just can't watch that. Like Thomas the Train. Like I'll start to memorize things. Like I'll if I have to watch it too much. I just I just can't do it. I have to like play games. Yeah, who'd have thought Ringo would be better voiceover than he was a drummer? Um, that beat is me that up. Ringo's voice? That's Ringo. The, Mr. The, the Topham Hat. The the that's his Ringo that does the introduction. I don't I, know what other voices he is, but um, that's that's great. Yeah, next time you listen to Ubla Di Ubla and then Thomas the Tank Engine, you're not doing drugs. That's oh. the same voice. Oh man. But no, Peppa Pig and uh, and and Daniel Tiger are our two. Um, like when the meltdown is too long, like we don't have to beat or strangle the child like I was. <laughs> we can give her a friggin' iPad. Oh, I see. It's like, okay, before we have to call child protection services and turn ourselves in, take that and go into your corner and be happy. Right, right, right. And we'll come back in 20 minutes and love you again. <laughs> right, yeah, sure. You know, car journeys with an iPad, because I spy with a two-year-old is pretty limited. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're just not that intelligent. <laughs> it's shoes and noses. <laughs> <laughs> Go, uh, the new one, uh, it's not new, It's but it's good. It's the Charlie and Lola. Although, oh. if you have, if you only have one child, so... You won't, you don't want her to have a brother or sister, do you? Because that's what that's all that book makes one. If you're an only child and you read Charlie and Lola, it just they're like, when am I getting a brother? I I'm, I'm I'm rather keen on the idea. Oh, good. Um, well, then read Charlie and Lola. It's really Mrs. good. Mrs. Garside is less keen. Uh, I think it's mainly because she has to carry it uh, um, and give birth to it. Do, do, does the existence of babies and having your own now, does that make you believe more in the existence of a god? So this is, this is this, this you know, as I was thinking about this in the last couple of days, you know, coming here, and I was, I was like, no, that's it. I'm done with religion. So I, I told you the Africa thing, and then I went to it a couple of years ago, a couple more than 20 nearly 20 years ago I went to India and the drive from Mumbai airport to my hotel was the most spiritually harrowing of my life oh my god what did you see so so you're flying in and flying into the airport and you can see the slums as you're flying in you can you're flying in literally over the slums and the first 30 minutes of the journey are through the slums and people first of all there are people with disfigurements second of all people disfigure themselves to be a better beggar what they will break their arms in multiple places they will put them through they will break fingers and get all twisted up and you know there's tales uh, of people, you know, being sprayed with acid to be a better beggar. You know, oh, you'll make much more money if your half, you know, the left hand side of your face is melted off. Wow! And they are at the windows begging. And I mean, this isn't just you know your guy on the you know panhandler on the other street. I mean, like, this is pro level begging. And I'm going through this, and I I see you see the kids running around, and I always had this principle. I. I wonderful guy I worked with um, years ago taught me never eat in hotel restaurants. Oh. You, you won't learn anything of the culture of the places that you're in by eating in a hotel restaurant. There's always going to be Pastor Alfredo, whether <laughs> you're in Thailand, South Africa, or America. You right. Know, you'll learn nothing. 
and so I always as a habit would say to the whichever team I was supporting wherever look um, either let's have dinner at your favorite hole in the wall or let's have dinner at your house you know let's let's do something different right and I, I spent a little bit of time tiny bit of time and I'm talking like hours in one of these slums in Mumbai and that was the minute where I, I'm done with religion really I'm done because there is nothing these people have done to deserve that why would God create a parasite whose sole ambition its sole purpose in life is to burrow into a child's eyeball why would he do that why why could the, you know why I, I see there is no value to this suffering that they're, they're not learning from it they're not becoming better because of it sure this is just some colonial claptrap to say well you know if you're good then in the next life things will be better and, and I was like no no, no. We as a society created this shit show. No, I, and I agree with that. I think we created and, it. And what we said is, well, we've done all we can. This is, this is, this is Jesus or Devesh or Allah or, you know. I, and unfortunately, at that point, I decided that the Torah, the Bible, the Quran, and all of the holy books would have only the same weight and value as Harry Potter. Ah! Because they're all magical stories. <laughs> they're all inspirational. And they're all about the good guy winning. But let's let's not let's not beat around the bush. You know, it's the, it's the same it I I was like Wow. Okay. These people did nothing to deserve no one deserves this. I'd like to believe in Harry Potter. That's a fun religion. I mean that whole Hermione thing with the little time saver, the little thingy babob that she'd turn upside down and she could stop time and go do something else. I was Hermione, like, Dang! Hermione, Hermione is an issue <laughs> because because she's a witch. <laughs> no, witch, witch bit's fine, and the time stuff and the cloak and all that stuff. I'm fine. What I'm worried about is that I, you know, this is like I've seen this kid grow up. I mean, she's now fulsome, ah, uh. and yet she wasn't you know in number one and it, it's it's kind of like does that not make me a pervert well uh, the question is if i mean i am there's no questions yeah i mean <laughs> no it's like watching i don't think that okay so i've had the same quandary when um my boyfriend i hate the word boyfriend it's so infantilizing my partner life probably which sounds gay like i don't know what to call him anyway my my a special hug buddy that shag. I, my, yeah that i've lived with but shag it's too t transitory we've been living together for like forever now it's like oh we've been together for like five years so anyways this guy <laughs> he has these pictures of himself in high school and younger and he made me watch this video of him playing football as a child and like i've seen pictures of him like his high school yearbook he played water polo and he was like a sexy 15 he was like i'm like whoa like i oh, have filled a speedo did he it's not about the size of the day it's like he had no, a tummy and like that's a, not yeah. where i went yeah okay his he had the six pack eight pack thing and the little the muscles well, he still has a lovely tummy but the 15 year old pictures of him now that's not my fault that doesn't make me like <laughs> into i mean he was in i would have been into him when i was 15 i'm sure as well but i mean 
I don't know where we're going with this. I have I have one I have one joke that people and I love to do it and people don't always let me, but it's we'll see because you're a parent if you think it's too gross. Having sex on top of a baby is not pedophilia. Okay, I'm I'm just being a good nanny, right? Like I'm getting banged from behind, so I'm having a good time. The baby can only see like 15 inches in front of its face anyway. So I'm smiling, it's smiling, we're having a good time. And just because the baby's first words are uh uh doesn't make me a bad nanny. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that, and okay. don't worry, my darling wife, if you listen to it, I'm not going to do any of the jokes you know I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> but having sex on top of a baby, it's not benefiting. I, sometimes the kid falls asleep, and you suddenly find yourself with the energy you didn't expect. Right, and and there's nothing That's wrong. That's brother ain't going to come from nowhere. Right. At some point, mommy and daddy are going to have to hold hands again. Right, well, and the thing is that, like, you're fine. You can pretty much do anything in front of a baby until they're, like, two. Two and a half is when they start, once they start developing language and they can, like, and then they're like, what are you doing? Then you're like, fuck. Yeah, we, 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 still, we still shower and everything like a family and stuff. And That's I just, cute. I just, it's Swedish. Yeah. You can get away with that stuff till like you're 13, 15, I think. Um, Showering together. Plus, if you're Eureka, it still goes on into your 50s. If there's nothing wrong with saving water. Oh, is that why they do it? <laughs> oh, well, that makes so much more sense than my thoughts. Okay, fine. Oh. Well, having a baby, how much has your life changed since? I mean, is it, it's just 100% different. Like, you, you, you go to bed super early now. You watch dumb TV shows. You I don't watch dumb TV almost shows. Almost believe I'm, in God. I'm, I'm pathological. This is where me and my wife argue. I don't... Um, I say I don't watch TV, and I, I can't stand TV. I, I believe it intellect. It just dumbs you down. I love yeah. reading, and, uh, and I'm one of those people I'm blessed. I, I love my work, and so... I don't email at night, but I love reading about the research and stuff that goes on around what I do. Wow, so like nonfiction reading even. Yeah, I, it's just, I love learning. I really do love learning. I love I love to challenge myself intellectually. I, I love to throw myself into something I don't understand and just learning as we go. Uh, <laughs> I can't stand having the TV on in the bedroom when I, I can't sleep. It's like I need it off and that's, yeah. that'll probably be the cause of our divorce. She likes uh, to fall asleep with the TV on. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that. That's a bad habit. I, uh, you know what? I mean, you should. Yeah, uh, Danica, you heard it. Uh, no, it Pam is. Says it says you're going to hell. I was. I know, yeah, you're damned. My my uh, ex-husband and I. Used and that's why, right? Because of the. Because TV. of the TV. No, it, there's many reasons. Uh, if she ever off, offers up the butt, you know that you're. She's going to leave you the next day. That's just a little uh, pro tip. Uh, but so my ex-husband Just writing that one down yeah if she ever said be like oh my god are we okay what do I have to do flowers chocolates what do you need honey I'll rub your feet um, but my ex-husband we used to think that we were you know better than everybody else because we didn't have a TV in the bedroom because he read something in the early thousands about like having a TV in your bedroom is bad for your sleep mm -hmm. just like it's just bad because it's the it's like the not not just the sound because sound's not a bad thing, but it's the way that the light comes out and the pixelated way and like what it does to your eyes and all that. Like, it just sort of disrupts sleep. No, I so. believe that. I I don't mind it being on from a sound point of view, but I will turn away from it, which also means yeah. turning away from her, which is kind of you know right. relationship. But if you leave yourself toward it, it the light flashing on your eyes. I don't think that that's I don't think that's good either. 
No, but I. How did we get onto TV? It's in bed. Um, I because I don't know. That's a good question. Because God lives in the TV. No, I don't know. But d- you're not supposed to have TVs in your bedroom. No, I, I, I'm, I'm passionate about that one. I, 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 I'm, um, I'd much rather read than. Well, because if you fall asleep with a book, then the book just sort of falls off you and off the bed. But if you fall asleep with the TV on, it just stays on. Or the way to do it is to do the little sleep button. They all have the sleep button. They did. Our TV does not. You don't have the sleep button? We do not. If, if the we 15, had one. 15, 30, 45, 60. It's the best. I am a horrible person. When I came here, my, my mother-in-law um, used to watch TV all night and then... Sorry, uh, used to watch TV all night and then sleep all day. She 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 was un- she was very unwell and 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 um, and I decided that I knew better than any medical professional and all the rest of my family somewhat arrogantly um, that colonial thing. And so I hacked the TV, uh, not like a big big hack, but I put the hours on it so it would switch off automatically at ten and wouldn't turn on until seven. And nice. then I changed the code so that no one else could ever change it again. And I did it randomly, so even I didn't know the code, so I couldn't be broken by the rest of the family. <laughs> so, so if you ever wanted to watch anything on the big TV downstairs after ten o'clock, it just didn't work. Luck, yeah. Wow! But that function isn't on our TV in the bedroom. I'm not sure if my wife chose the TV because it didn't have that function. Yeah. She is cleverer than I am. I mean, she's got two degrees. She's got, you know, she's like super smart. I mean, she married me. She's <laughs> she's poor really judgment. <laughs> I think she thought she was marrying Hugh Grant pretty much until the last minute. Were you just having a phone? Like, you were having a phone relationship? Was it like phone sex? Like, <laughs> she had no... You were, <laughs> you're right no, it was it was long distance. I, I was still oh, over... Oh, it was? The, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, um, so you got to believe in God. you got to believe in love. Like, the distance of the well, world and the universe, it. man. Like, you found each other. I held my daughter so that... When I came back to the... My moment... A momentary lapse in my confirmed atheism. One was in a military system situation I cannot talk about. All right. Not with the radio. I'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, there's a, some good material there in its own right. The other one was my um, my wife, uh, when she was giving birth, went into um, preeclampsia real that's quick. A, is that a bad thing? I don't know what preeclampsia Very bad. means. Uh, blood pressure was, um, was falling very very quickly oh. um, and she was starting to get the shakes uh, which is the onset of um, it's not a good situation gotcha and so she was going to be having an emergency c-section uh, essentially it was emergency and they were going to back a truck up and just rip it out it <laughs> and is that what the doctor said that's they, they great said, bedside they said, it, it, they said that we're going to wind the pitocin down the drug that stimulates the childbirth um, and, and if we see no progress in the next 10, you'll be in in 11. <laughs> um, and, and it was serious, serious, serious. It, she was starting to have small seizures and it was, it was, it was not good. And there, I had this, there was this question, only one person could go into the OR with her. And it was either going to me or the doula. See that white middle class thing coming back again. <laughs> um... And I said, it's got to be the doula because I, my medical knowledge is not that good. Um, and if somebody has to make a decision, I want the person with experience. Like if this is an IT security issue and you're being hacked, you want me, not the doula. Right, okay, right, That's right, a situation right. that- where you don't want Felicia in the room. Okay? You, want, <laughs> you want Big John. Um, 
you don't want to be having a I'm just going to start a conference call with John no you don't it needs to be you want the people with the knowledge and the experience in the room and I've never felt so alone in my life oh. alone and scared and, and bear in mind this wasn't happening to me um and I just had DoorDash deliver some hummus from Orange. So I'm, I'm like, I was like. You were feeling close to Jesus I, because I, you I were was, eating was, his foods. Uh, yeah, I had my Mediterranean foods. And and, uh, and I held my daughter for the first time like eight minutes later. Oh, wow. This was fast. This was, they, they said, my wife said, how long is it going to take? And they said, we're already in. Whoa. Um, you know, your, your kidneys are over there. Um, <laughs> It's like a butcher shop in here right now. And, um, sorry, darling. And I held her. And I have never felt so small in my life. Never. Huh. And at that point, and I'd been thinking about these things. I'd re, you know, recount, re, recounted these stories of India and, 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 and Africa and other times in my life. And we'd been talking about raising her. You know, my wife is comes from a good Methodist family and they are good people they are spiritual they are Christian they believe in community they believe in helping one another it's just that good old-fashioned Midwest values with a tinge of Wesleyan thinking <laughs> what a drinking as well <laughs> and I just thought at that point okay I don't believe but no harm's gonna come from it Right, and tolerate it. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to go along with this, but at the same time, understand, Bill Hicks was right. It's a zombie Jew. <laughs> That's right, he is. As long as you don't forget that bit, I'm fine. I'll, I'll live with that. Well, then as long as I mean, I think that Jesus is good, but to a point because you, I mean, anything can be super fanatical, and but they almost like kind of certain sects of Christianity you wanted you to be really fanatical and especially as a kid and I really fell into that because I'm you know was very theatrical anyways so evangelical theatrical like suspending my belief all that kind of stuff I was like hell yeah I'm into Jesus but all of that kind of did do a number on me because I really believed like the Bible and all the things that all these people told me in this community like I believed that that was all right and then all of a sudden I was like whoa the world is so different and this is I am so naive and Jesus isn't real and all like it was just so scary when you find out that kind of stuff I got to tell you about the chaplain at the school oh yeah so I I went I I I went to um, a boarding school I was a bad little bastard there's no two ways about it but Um, like what you're putting peanut butter in people's shorts or what were you doing were you like you weren't murdering cats or anything? Were you? You I wasn't at the cat out. murdering bit, but I was at the you know should we put him into care or send him to military school point. Wow, did you were running out, staying out late, smoking cigarettes? No. no. Um, so I'm autistic. I, I have Aspergers. I have non- really? non-standard presenting Aspergers apparently. So I can do the big things with numbers, and you know I have like a day. So the comedy is what I love doing, but I have a day job. I'm a director of product marketing for a big ass security company. Um, super cool. Designing firewalls and crap like that. But I have this um, persona that I adapted that helps me deal with life. Mm. So my natural inclination is to hate big crowds and people I've never met before. 
But because of the way I was brought up, the inheritance I got from my folks who ran hotels was I met hundreds of people a day. Huh. So I just developed this persona that, allow, that, that handles people on my behalf. Sounds a bit weird, I know, but I've got used to it. And um, so I, I joke about it. We have John and Jonathan. So John's the guy that, that handles the world, and Jonathan's the one that goes at home, and he's a dad. Huh. These aren't voices in my head. No, 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 no. But it's just uh, it's a coping mechanism. So whenever I'm out, and you'll notice, like, now I have my nice jacket on with my puffed-up collar. That's John. <laughs> Jonathan dresses like a slob. <laughs> but you, I can't believe that you're high-functioning Asperger's because you do eye contact really well. You, we've been having a conversation for 50 minutes, mm -hmm. and there's been no awkwardness or lull. or So this is just the persona of John this is can do that. This is no problem. No problem at all. And I'm conversational. And you know, it's my, my dream in life would be to be one of the, the great raconteurs like Peter Utenoff or Dudley or um, Peter Cook. Or, you know, that would be just my. But I understand that it's a facade. Huh. Um, it's a facade I enjoy. It's like I've divorced, I put my ego into a different persona. And but who did your wife it. meet? Did your wife meet John or did she meet Jonathan? And does she know both of them? Well, obviously she knows both of them. She does. And, and, and it became more apparent over the years. Um, I think probably most, I got to meet her ex. So my wife's ex's sister was my wife's um, maid of honor. Oh. Um, like trailer parks at Carmel Valley. <laughs> um, and, and they're lovely people. Um uh, they're from the Carolinas, and they're very, you know, her, her dad is a, an amazing person, has accomplished a great deal in medical science and the like, and affiliated with Duke, just good people. I was nervous as hell, <laughs> but I had my, I had my, uh, my waistcoat to protect me. It sounds really retarded, and I'm aware of this, but as long as I've got a defense, I don't have to use my outward personality, which is... I'd rather be a big person and a big voice than let you get to know the real me. Ah. So that's where the comedy comes in, because it's sure. great, because I'm just like, okay, um, hey, quiet asshole, get in your box. We don't need you for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and I can, because the big asshole has also lost me jobs in the past time as well, so. But you're super funny, though. You're just really, like, clever and witty and personable. So what's your stand-up comedy like? Um... What's it like? Uh, I so it, it varies. I love the writing process. I love the I love. See, this is the thing. That's the, I love the intellectual challenge of creating something. First of all, there's nothing new. Mm. We're we're all recycling old, but bring, putting today's spin on it. You know, uh, today's Trump joke is yesterday's Nixon joke. Uh -huh. um, True. Uh, and so I love taking the uh, the influences that that I had and making it relevant to today. And then, um, and I'm horrible. One of the things, I'm horrible with names. And so I'm really sorry, David, I can't remember your surname. But there's, uh, not Stolowitz, but there's another David down in the South Bay who I is a pro and does only clean material. Oh. And I'm in, I'm in awe of that man. Because the British accent, if I swear, it's hilarious. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I mean, there's just, I can do 20 minutes of curse words and, and I'll, I'll, you know, blow the roof off the place. Right. But my thing is, uh, I love a good story with a twist. Uh -huh. I like a little darkness. You know, I loved Bill Hicks. Is it? That yeah, was my, yeah. Um, that was, uh, we actually, in this boarding school, we actually had bootleg tapes coming in. It's kind of 
old school. Yeah. And you know, listening to um, to Pryor and Hicks and uh, Robin Williams and stuff, and and just listening to albums on tape that, that were copied a million times in really poor quality. It's and crazy and scratchy. And we didn't understand the world that this humor came from. Hmm. Like, you know, Arizona Bay. We were like, is that even possible? <laughs> Arizona Bay. It's true. There's no water in Arizona. Uh, come the big one, there will be. Uh, the, uh, hey. I, uh, Richard Pryor said something before he got on stage once. Someone said, you know, what do you, what do you want to do out there tonight? What do you, what do you want? And he said, I just want the audience to like me. And I would don't, yeah. And I, I don't want the audience to like me. I want them to, I want them to think, why was I laughing at that? Oh, that's interesting. I want it in an intellectual challenge. I hate lowbrow. I'm so lowbrow a lot of times. I, I, so I, I did, I was really lucky. I did my first, uh, my first real stand-up thing at Roosters, uh, be early in the year. So I'd been doing comedy, but it was always part of my sales training. There was jokes about the fact that if I did a straight to camera sales training video, it would be 15 minutes. But if it was in a room with people, it was 45 minutes. Right. But most of it was just my jokes. Right. And then I was inspired to take the sales training out of the material. Right. And uh, I was really lucky. DNA was hosting, and so many people had come up that I got given um, the the feature spot. And I did my Make America Great Again stuff. And it's not the regular. There's no Trump jokes in it. It was literally. I'm from a British country. I'm from Great Britain. We've had great in the name for two thousand. What is it we've got that you want? <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, you know, it can't be our teeth. These aren't teeth. These are Tic Tacs that I super glued into the hole. <laughs> and it was just a, a contrast. And I wanted people to think they were laughing, and that was good. I have a big thing about immigration. Oh yeah. I'm good. not your regular immigrant. You know, yeah. Uh, myself, Raul, and uh, and Sanjay were taking it back. Um, <laughs> you know, and everyone's laughing, and you could see them thinking, "Why am I laughing?" It appealed at that good old level. And if I can keep doing that, that's my passion: is getting people to laugh without them realizing why. Huh. It's it's there's and the, the better the depth, the longer the the longer it will last. Right. Good material is so hard to create. Like yeah. laughs are cheap. Laughs that you can keep using and and repeating and get people thinking is that's where the real fun is. Yeah, I mean, I I try not to. I mean, I I don't try. I try not to be political in my stuff, but I end up always being political. Like everything, all language is political. Blah blah blah. But I I end up doing a lot of feminist jokes and I don't want to be a heavy-handed feminist but it just I'm a lady and that's the way it is it's just like you doing British jokes it'd be like if you didn't do any jokes about being British and you have an accent then it was like you might as well harp on it because you it is you it's part of you it's I, how you were raised harp is the wrong word but no no it's a great it. opener but but you're 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 you know this is where I'm envious of you you're in San Francisco uh, what a be- what an awesome place to be a feminist. One place where it won't piss anyone off. Yeah, exactly. you know? well, it pisses everybody off because I'm the wrong. I'm, I'm a bad feminist here. I'm a, I yeah. It's here. Everyone's so feminist that I'm like a bad feminist. But I'm like I'm a bad well feminist. Do I have to be? What do I have to? No, I get called a bad feminist because I I will always like Bill Cosby. We all did. 
I don't. I can't say did though. I still do. I mean, I know he's in jail or whatever for assaulting women in a terrible way, but it doesn't. I still like him as an artist and appreciate his work. My wife and I were talking about then this. Then I'd she, book him if there he was can. a morning. She went through a mourning process. This was a big part of her. You know, there was family values that he imparted, mm. and with humor, which is one of the best ways to learn. Sure. And you know, she questioned. She, she had to. The, 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 the feminine part of her said, oh my God. And the other part of her said, you're fucking up my, part of my childhood. Part yeah, of, exactly. You, I respected you. This is not, this wasn't meant to happen, you know. And it was, uh, it, it's kind of, don't get me wrong, what he did was wrong. But you then see the other side, of, you know, you see the, 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 the Louis C.K. kind of thing. I'm like. Really? I can't masturbate in public anymore? That's now a problem? <laughs> well, I... Oh, I can masturbate, but not towards somebody. That's the line. Right, because on the BART, there's like two guys you know, right? on the way here, like jerking off, whatever. But, the, I, I mean, I also don't necessarily have a problem with Louis C.K. because, like, if he wanted to jerk off in front of me, I'd hopefully be clever enough to say like yeah man you know whip it out but you better tell some jokes about your pathetic little wiener like while you're doing it but that's the strength <laughs> you of the give me you something are. you give me something if you're gonna get something out of this and i want you to do it in front of me to talk about your pathetic little wiener like you do all the time on stage all the time he talks about that on stage i'm like do one of your jokes but that's the personas and then that's his version of my issue that's having the multiple personas and knowing which one you can and cannot use in the right places mm. um i don't have a wiener whipping out persona sure. i'm if I'm disappointing you, I, no, um, that's very funny. But it, it, it's unfortunately it's exploitative. It's it's knowing your power and, and and using it. And I don't think that's ever yeah. That's it's ever just right. that as a feminist, I finally am excited to like you know have the rights that men have, and I want to be exploitative too. Everyone's always going to exploit someone else. That's the way the world works. That's why God doesn't exist, and that's why it's terrible that the English people did to the Indonesians or the Indians and what we do to Bangladesh. I don't and we think make we did go- the Indonesian. I think that was what... Did we do that one? I don't... All, all I that don't think Indonesia was us. But us now, like the U.S., we've screwed up, ba- like Bangladesh, where we make people make our clothes for no money, where we make them make our iPhones for no money, and then th- we don't treat them like people, but we want to be people. We're special people. Like, all of that stuff is just... I, I, everyone's... Humans are exploitative. That's how you make money. And so the problem is that guys get power and they exploit other... But it's called the casting couch for a reason. Like, it was called a thing in the 80s and everyone knew it. It's like, why would it exist if it didn't exist? Like, yes, men will use their power to make women sleep with them, women, and women will use their femininity and their sexuality to try to get ahead, or even sometimes they don't, and that's when it's exploitative, blah, blah, blah. But, like, as a feminist, I'm like, I want to be able to exploit some shit now. Like, I want to, like you know cat call some men or you know grab a butt on the bard or something like so, so let me co- <laughs> so let me come back to the point this is where i was saying about my, the, the the line which my chaplain gave him and it's a lesson i want to give to my daughter and it kind of brings every everything you just said to one point so i had chaplain at this this school which had a military sort of semi-military background it was you got to bear in mind, this place was like Hogwarts. <laughs> I mean, this is in the, this is in the northwest of England. If you look at a map and you see the bit that juts out furthest into the into the North Sea, into the Irish Sea, the coldest, most windblown part of the country, that's where they put this school for little bastards. <laughs> and um, and 
the chaplain, and, and I forget his name, and I really wish I could remember it. He was a wonderful person. He was the most non-religious chaplain I've ever met. He, he, and he had this, this thing he said to us. Faith in God is a lack of faith in oneself. Wow. And it stuck, and it, and it was one of these weird things. I remembered him saying it. And I didn't really speak to anyone I went to school with for 20 odd years. A few years ago, the school was in danger of closing, and a load of us went back for school day, whatever it was called. And I asked a couple of them, I said, Do you remember the chaplain? And they, Yeah, yeah. You remember the old boys thing? And he said, Yeah, because there was a good number of us won, a good number of old boys won Victoria Cross is the highest thing you can win in a medal you can win usually usually awarded posthumously mm. uh, you know the guy that you know took down a panzer with his teeth those kinds of you know uh, people and um, he gave both eyes and then his leg you know those kind of chaps and and and, and Hendy said oh yeah faith in God's lack of faith in oneself oh my god he did say that I believed this for 20 years wow. thinking I'd remembered it and, and you know what he was right I think so much when you think of prayer, isn't that just meditation on one's problems? Yeah, you know, potentially. I, and if absolutely. You're going to solve the problem through thinking about it, and not thinking about Raúl and whether or not his loaves are going to race. Right. Uh, wow. Yeah. You know that's interesting. That well, that's that goes to the whole Buddhist thing too of like meditation and and self-reflection and but then it also works in the Christianity thing because you have to confess your sins making so if you only you know it's the same AA thing the only way to acknowledge to fix the problem is to acknowledge that you have a problem and so when you go to your priest or you go to t pray to God and go like you know I can't stop doing this or this behavior blah 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 and then you're thinking about it and it's almost like cognitive behavior uh, CBT cognitive behavioral therapy mm -hmm. No, it is. It, it's in, and you know, these, this, this is where the, those principles come from. You, to focus on one's problems, the only way you're going to solve it, problems don't solve themselves, um, unless you're rich, which case. <laughs> uh, That's exciting. If you're rich, donate to Mutiny Radio. Here absolutely. Mutiny Ra you can always just give us money in our PayPal at what is it? MutinyRadioFM at gmail.com. We like, we like, or go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and press the donate button. Even take the Bitcoin that's devalued by 75% in the last Did year. Did that happen? It's, it's down to like a value that no one cares about. Um, wow. I know so many people that like freaked out about Bitcoin last year and they were like, you've got to invest in Bitcoin. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, because I just like it on the record. I did not use a lot of the company server infrastructure to mine Bitcoin. I did not do that. I don't even know what that means. I even watched a Vice thing on mining Bitcoin, and I still don't understand it. And if Vice is like news for dummies, you know, and I'm like, I still I like, couldn't get is it. Is it? I like, no, I mean, I like, I like it take. for everybody. I like I like. I don't like their co-founders, but I like their, I like their take. I, li I like what they're doing, too. They're exposing a lot of things, but they tried really hard to help me understand Bitcoin, and I just was, I'm still like, bah, there's the servers, and you might it and then you say that people buy the currency it doesn't exist yeah but either does the money backing the u.s dollar so it's just about like which which structure do we want to believe in it's just like religion we all decided hey this little bill that looks like this means this and then the euro this things and then you guys are like we like the pound we like brexit's crazy brexit like brexit really I don't know. I mean, I we screwed up, and then America said, wait, hold my beer. We've got an idea here. Hold yeah, on. Well, 
I just we're going to turn the country into a reality show. But yeah, right. What was the point of being a part of the EU if you weren't going to use the euro? That's how I always felt. Like, why be a part of the, the only reason to be a part of the EU is to all share the same currency. But then, even when you go from country to country, things still cost differently because of. Yeah, However, it's valued there. So, like, food in Greece was super <sighs> cheap, and food in Italy was more expensive. And I'm sure food in France is hell of expensive. No. No? Oh, no, completely the other way. Food in France is incredibly inexpensive. Really? Wow. High-quality food is inexpensive because it's a socialist thing with lots of subsidies going directly to the farmer to keep the cost of production down. Wow. Um, no, the, 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 uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that you could get a million people to say things differently. The, the euro and Europe, two completely different issues. It was a trading agreement. It was, a free, it was um, free trade between 27 countries. No tariffs on services or goods. Um, free exchange, so products could just move in easily between supply chains could be created, but also people could move as well, and that's ultimately what oh. caused problems because we didn't want poor people coming into the country because that offends one's middle class values. They don't go to the right church, <laughs> and um, you know. Um, wow. And so the currency was less of an issue, and it it was unfortunately. Everything was going so well. Everyone thought they could do it on their own without support. Unfortunately, I think we're about to see sometime after March 29th, things are not going to be that way anymore. Wow. Um, same, same. You know what? This, another thing I love about America, and I didn't understand it, is an outsider. So I've been traveling here since West Wing was new. <laughs> um, much of my career, I owe a ridiculous amount. So I became essentially a professional writer because of Aaron Sorkin. Uh, I wanted to be able to speak as elegantly and thoughtfully as his characters did. <laughs> his characters. I'm not joking. Yeah. This, is, this is a serious no, thing. I used, to use, I used to mm, and use the word like way too much. Mm, me too. Uh, I thought there were points of grammar. Now I just use swearing. <laughs> and I... I thought that this was, you know, everything that was wonderful about America was, was, was bound up in this. And it was for a time. But then as you get more and more successful, you kind of coast into easy mode. And we, I was, as an outsider, everyone in previous uh, administrations, everyone said the power of the states. The states are what are going to, you know, derail Obama's, uh, you know, federalistic approach to things. And states' rights. I live in California. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> Screw the other 49 of you. We've, we've got the money. We've got Teslas. What have you got? Yeah, right. We got, we got weed, yo. We got weed. We got Teslas. And, you know, it's, um, you know. Is it the movie industry? We got, we got a lot of food. What I love is the fact that the Mexicans were friends with the Mexicans. Hell yeah. It's like, they wouldn't. Here's the thing. It's like, we're going to shut the border. I'm going to be like, Really? Yeah. Have you been to San Diego? <laughs> if you seriously, you're going to shut the border in San Diego. Okay, fine. Um, this isn't going to work for you. We we welcome immigration. It's yeah. like, you know, most people thought I was Juan Garcia for years. <laughs> you're, with the accent. Absolutely. We're uh, closing on down in our time. I'm sure you've got a real job to get back to, right? No, you don't. That's exciting. I'm uh, I'm hosting a, an event in town tonight. I'm oh, I'm, I'm doing I'm being a corporate shill. Oh, uh, fun! Up at the Salesforce Tower for a security startup thing. Neat. So Neat. no jokes. What are you just going to talk about Salesforce? No, no. I'm just oh, talking about security. They're, they're, I'm talking about security tonight. I'm I'm hosting. Some startups are going to beg for money. 
Uh, um, they're going to tell people what their ROI is and what's how many an events. ROI? Return on investment. Mm-hmm. How many? How about Mutiny Radio? We have no ROI. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll I want to get my. How do I get money from a start? I can't. Can't I be like? Well, it's not like a startup because we've been. I've been doing this for like five years now, but I still need money. <laughs> Can I give it some money? It, there's, there's, there is, um, there is a role for investment in the community, and I think you would be a great model for that. Wow. You give back and you create a platform, and you think of how many comedians have come through here and gone on to better things, and why aren't they giving you 20%? <laughs> no, you know, that's the question. How can they live with themselves? Well, they're not tithing to their, you know, to, to Holy Mary, Mother of God. And and they should. I wish um, they would. They know the email address to PayPal that cash to, don't they? Yeah, please. If you're, uh, no comedians listen to this show. I have, I have no idea who listens to this show. We had great ratings last month, though. We had like fifteen thousand downloads for the month. You had great guests. I have. That might be part of it. The, I probably. This is going to be a lull. No, this one don't be great. No, I'm they're going to listen. They're going to be like, people. wait, what's the English English accent? Oh my God, it's colonial repression again. They get angry as soon as they. They'll be like, no, we want our tea with ice cream. In it. Help, help, I'm being repressed. Look at the violence inherent in the system. <laughs> I, got, I, I, got, I nearly got fired for putting that into a corporate blog. Wow, really? That's so funny, though. I bet if you Google my name, you'll find my old corporate blog, and there is a picture of uh, a meme of, of it. And uh, just know that I got strung up by my curly whirly. Is, is that, I mean, that's, that's got to be difficult line to dance, your work life versus the comedy stuff. I mean, not that you're like doing a bunch of dick jokes or anything, but you don't think that like people at work knowing the comedy that that can only can it, you see it as only helping each other rather than maybe hurting it. Or? So I, um, the place I worked last was the best place I've ever worked in my life. The best group of people. We delivered everything the corporate soulless person would want. Forty percent growth in. Uh, in EMEA, 20% growth in a $100 million business. And I did, ex- you know, but I also put a ridiculous amount of John into that as opposed to Jonathan. Mm. And there was too much of my personality into that. I mean, I didn't, I took too many chances and I didn't, I, you know, I put too much really high quality comedic material into <laughs> what should have been a security event. And so the feedback was always either that was amazing, I learned so much, or why do you let this person out of your building? Uh, why did you give him a microphone? And, I, and uh, are you familiar with the principle of ad hominem? No. I so a wonderful person called Aaron Eddy taught me this one, and I wish I'd been taught this at school. I had a freaking Latin teacher that could have taught me what ad hominem actually was. So you believe the thing the person's saying, but because they're an asshole, you're not going to listen. Interesting. And <gasps> oh my God, I think people think that about me all the time. Oh, uh, I can't imagine that for a second. No, no, I, uh, I can do that excited girl thing on stage where it's like, look at me, look at me. And they're like, we don't want to look at you. Yeah, the, the, so the it's ad hominem. Sometimes you should shoot the messenger. And the uh, <laughs> message is great, but have someone else say it. And, um, and, and basically my personality cost me a gig and, and a good group of friends. I had, I had the perfect job where um, I didn't work because I loved what I did so much. And wow. unfortunately, I screwed up. But I always wanted to chance the line. And so I made it my personal mission that every single corporate blog I ever wrote has a Monty Python reference in it. Oh, that's funny. So um, IT security is like fish slapping. 
um, the um, instead of network access control, uh, so network access control and the comparisons to a repressive society, which <laughs> had the meme in it. Sure. Uh, and there's loads of them in there. And I was constantly um, sneaking them through. But you made things fun, and IT is so dry, and security is so dry. Is it just like people have no senses of humor, or they just don't want it? They're like, this is not the medium for humor. The, the reality of security, um, he says, you know, being a corporate shield for a minute, is that it's like being a fire, uh, like being a, um, a firefighter. Mm -hmm. A good day nothing happens ah <laughs> that's right you're, you're you're investing for nothing sure. like th th my outcome is i don't want anything to happen and so the, the the roi is so 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 how many attacks did we beat all of them oh well what do we do next keep doing it right it's 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 a very so there's comedy has its play there is a darkness because i talk about uh, you know, when I'm talking about hacking and these things, I do put comedy into it because you're challenging somebody's ego. But why would somebody? This is philosophical on the security tip. Why would some? Why is someone hacking? Are they doing it to make money? Is it all about money, or is it just like they're bored? Like, why? I don't. I mean, I can't even conceptualize what hacking is. To be honest with you, like, I'm like, I already stole my so information. It, it starts off with just exploiting structural weaknesses that's that's all it is infrastructural weaknesses the reasons for doing it the motivations for doing it are are, are incredibly human one you've got uh, these highly educated people that do not have careers in line with their expectations and they're acting out and that's how i ended up getting thrown out of school for the, you know so inter hacking is internal it's not just internal but um, you know, they want to use their capabilities and they mm -hmm. can't do them elsewhere, so they're going to do them here. And that, that's always existed. It's just that, you know, the, the kid in the back of the classroom not being paid attention, not having the opportunities, well, I'm going to create an opportunity. Right, I'm going to throw rocks at you and then right, you're exactly. at negative attention seeking. Okay. There is a financial side of things as well, and there is exploited. You can see that in ransomware and malware attacks and, uh, and those kind of things, and that is, that is paying the bills. Um, you've got state-sponsored. Um, I'm sure the U.S. does not do any of this at all. <laughs> um, and that's that is a, a just just a new version of warfare. Uh huh. Um, I just been so I just don't. I'm the least technological person that I don't even have a smartphone, and so it's hard for me to conceptualize people's like your whole a lot of your life you have your child and your wife obviously and the comedy but then the other many hours of your life and day is spent on these weird little boxes that we invented like not that long ago but they're everywhere and they control everything like what would happen if the electricity went out everywhere well i'm i'm white middle class and live in san jose so i've got <laughs> tesla power packs i'll be fine um, at least for a couple of days. No, um, it's um, society is incredibly reliant upon technology and systems that didn't exist ten years ago. It's crazy. Um, you know, can you imagine a world without Facebook? Um, uh, yeah, it was called MySpace. Well, I'm imagining. <laughs> I, I I like to say that's a bit I've been working out. It's John Lennon's new tunes. You know, imagine imagine a world without Facebook. <laughs> you try. You can't no, Twitter. No presidents to tweet at. Yeah. yeah. And so we're not 
unfortunately, these opportunities have been created to us. These infra this infrastructure has been created. But as a culture, we've not adapted at the same speed at its creation. You know, that, and that, that's the Silicon Valley, run fast and break things. Uh. And unfortunately, breaking things includes society, cultures, and communities. Right. Um, you look at the divisiveness. Do you think it's a coincidence that the, rea the, the result of the um, uh, Florida governor election, over a million people casted their vote? but it came down to less than a few thousand. I mean, when you're talking about devices and divisive yeah. and you're nearly one-to-one -one relationship. And I noticed that on that, when we did the elections, it was 50-50 on everything. Everything was 50-50. And it's, it's and, and, and that is because the, the echo chambers that we've created and the security side of this is even more fun because, you know, most of the people listening to this will use the same password for Facebook as they do for their email account, which they, and they'll use a version of that for their back. And I, and I do that, but what's the problem? Well, once I've guessed one of them, I know your email address is probably going to be at gmail.com or at yahoo.com. If you've had the same Yahoo account and, e and, and password for the last four years, then bear in mind that there's about 30 million people it's actually, like me. It's actually Hotmail. Uh, <laughs> That's they, how gross I am. They haven't been breached for a while, but if you've not changed your password in the last five years, then I can probably get your password in about 20 seconds. Really? Yeah. It's a published list. What? Yeah. Yahoo I just, had I to give hand over money recently. I can't do more passwords. I can't remember. I finally get passwords I can remember, and then they make me change them. So that's why you need to be sponsored by somebody like Dashlane. <laughs> and I'm not going to call my shill for them, but um, yeah. I have a father-in-law, and he's a lovely man, and he writes his passwords down, or he uses the same version of them all the time, and it's like you're a security nightmare and you have access to pictures of my kid naked in a bath you know so yeah we're gonna be changing that well naked in a bath is not a problem i mean i guess no none of it's that's the thing about pornography it's, it's not like, a problem for me line? it's a problem for the people that Who, have the, a problem right the, the problem the, exactly a problem for the people that have a problem it's just like pictures of naked women aren't a problem unless you're like standing you know underneath a statue underneath the boobs of a statue wanking your yanker uh, I'm so worried about the. Are you worried? You brought a baby into the world. Are you worried about the future? You feel pretty okay about it? I'm worried for the rest of the world. She's gonna be fine. She's gonna kick their ass. <laughs> right she's, she's got. She's got a. She's got an amazing mother who is one of the most determined, well-organized, thoughtful, intelligent people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. And she's got a dad who is a raging sociopath um, <laughs> with an accent. So she's going to be well she's equipped to handle this one. She already, be, she, she uh, uh, and I'm not proud and I'm not condoning violence. <laughs> she beat the crap out of a four year old the other day. Wow. <laughs> I was so, we, we you know, the, 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 we can't complain about the, 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 the ash situation because we're, we're on the good side of this. Oh, you didn't have to breathe it? How nice for you. No, I had to. Uh, it just wasn't being created by my house burning down oh. all my life. Um, I, uh, I, I've never been, as we approach Thanksgiving, I've never been so grateful in my life. And I mean, like, this is, I'm, this is as close to humble as I'm capable. <laughs> um, I, but we, we, she'd been, the kid has been caged up in the house for a couple of days. Yeah, because of the air quality. Bouncing off the walls. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my wife did everything. We were wearing our masks to go outside. We put, you know, cat whiskers on them. We did everything we could and she'd be like, wear it for three seconds and then start screaming. Yeah. So she got confined to, to confined to barracks. And I took her to Kitopia at the weekend. 
which was, you know, like a hundred kids, sixteen different versions of flu. Um, yeah. And and the, and the ball pit alone. Well, the ball pit is just its own disgusting yeah. um, petri dish of humanity. And she's bouncing around in there, and all of a sudden, I'm just this this, this the reality of of life is there. It's like. This four-year-old looks at my kid who's holding this toy that she is really enjoying playing with, and he says he wants that, and he pushes her in the shoulder. And I instantly feel sorry for this for this kid. He's four years old. He's looking at life. Nothing bad's ever happened to him. And then my kid comes at him with a two-one combination. Wow. She's smaller than him, but you know she's got uh, she's got that terrier spirit. We have Scottish terriers at home, and my kid was pretty much raised by one. <laughs> and she's just like, I don't care about your size, Crookit. You're going down. Wow. She clotheslined a Seahawks fan. I mean, <laughs> um, couple couple of weeks ago, couple, well, last July, we were in Pewallop up in uh, up in Washington State. And they, they, um, they've got so much water, they have fountains that kids can play in. Can you yeah, imagine that? Yeah, it's just it's too cold for them to enjoy. Um, so she's playing in this water fountain. This kid comes up to her and pushes her out of the way. Oh, my kid just walks it off. No. My kid was thinking. <laughs> she walks around. She comes back. Soon The fountains die down. Someone presses the button. They comes up. She uses that as distraction. She runs at him. He's on wet ground. She pulls her arm up. <gasps> And she clotheslined him. Wow. And now, my kid is just wearing, because we'd been out cycling. So she was riding around in the back. So she's just wearing leggings, bare feet. She's not wearing a top. Two-year-old top. Yeah, it's boots, fine. You know, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And she's got, she's a little girl. She has like a boy haircut. No one yeah. knows. And this guy, big fat guy, I mean, he makes me look like, you know, one of Jenny Craig's finest accomplishments. <laughs> uh, goes, your son just beat my boy. And I just said, um, actually, that was my daughter. And he went, oh, oh, Junior, get your ass out of here. <laughs> I thought, that's wow, awesome. that's a Me Too movement for a little boy. Absolutely. He was assaulted. Absolutely. He started it. He started she it. Finished she it. finished it. Damn right. See, like, that's the thing where I'm like, morality and children she she went for it. i'm mm, you teach her to be confident that's good but absolutely but as, as long as she's not the biter as long as she's not the instigator no if um, she gets attacked she should always always defend herself but if she she's long as she's not the instigator coming at kids with scissors and shit like that no so this is where my well, my wife is going to do the good christian methodist community thing mm. I'm going to give her all the bad lessons I got from the padre and the uh, from the chaplain and, and the other teachers. And I think the most important one is, if you're going to do something stupid, plan it. Plan it, yeah. If, yeah. if you're going to react to something. Although, if you're going to react... No, don't react. Plan. Right. So, acknowledge it happened. Understand you're going to take them down. But don't do it now. Revenge is a dish best served, you know, with a backhoe. Three days from now. Later when they don't remember. Absolutely. But then but then but then you probably don't feel good. I've tried to do revenge on people and I never feel good about it at the end. I know ne- I don't ever take like or I get so mad and I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna take revenge and then I don't because it blows over and I don't care. And like really I'm gonna put that much energy into something like that. Come on, I don't have time for that. You I, know? I, I used to I will be honest <laughs> with you. I have mellowed. 
uh, and I, you know, a few people have commented on this. You know, something something bad happened a, a little while ago, and somebody said, "Oh my God, wait till John gets on his laptop. He's going to turn that person's life upside down." Oh wow! I still have those skills. Yeah, sure. And and I didn't, and that's because I just put the kid to bed, and I'm exhausted. I'm yeah, see, me. there's just no time. There was something somebody really did some. There were some people a while in August that did some pretty mean things to me, pretty overtly, even on a radio show. It's terrible to listen to. It's very difficult. But people were like, "Well, aren't you gonna aren't you gonna do anything?" I was like, "I just I don't have time to fight evil. I only have time to do good. Like I just don't have time. I don't have time." No, but I've got friends at the NSA who do have time, so you let me have those details. Oh, no, it's fine. Right. They're just, the it's stupid little comedian stuff. I mean, it's, it was actually, it was bigger, but it was fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's is also small potatoes. Give me a break. That's why it doesn't matter what my, what my passwords are, because I have nothing for anyone to take. Like, what are you going to... Well, you don't know that, because we, once I've got your social security number... Then you find out. Well, you don't find out that you know with your credit. I don't have any credit. Yeah, you would. You believe. You know what? The the world has changed. You now only need three percent to buy a house again, not twenty percent. People just don't realize the world has changed in the last few years. Mm. So all of a sudden, I can use your details, buy a condo, rent it out, screw with it, and it's you that's going to suffer. Um, it, it's a real. I, I'm, I'm not. So the next thing I'm going to do, I'll talk about it. But no, it's a real thing. But use a professional. Um, password um, app they are good there was a couple um, you know, Dashlane's one um, that, that, that I've used in the past um, I use another one it's got red in the logo and I can't remember his name which is the family account and those things are there to help you they're not um, they're, they're probably one of the best investments the other thing is you use Facebook don't do public so only share with friends. Oh, no, but that's the thing. This entire business is based on Facebook because no, it's only the free that's platform. Why when you tagged me, when you hit me, I said, can you tag my public profile? Right. But Big John, I want the whole world to know about Big John. He's a moron and he can handle it. But John Garside with the pictures of the kid and naked in the bathtub. Right. That's not See, going into the, that's, my I keep pub, those lives separate. My, pub, my, my persona on Facebook is me. I'm me. It's, I, it's all for promotion. Everything's promotion. I am Mutiny Radio. I am Pam Benjamin. I think it's because I had a life and then did the com comedy thing. Right. That's, that's yeah. the... the uh, my old life, I let that go. I don't have... I don't have a life. I don't have... I used to have a house and a car and a husband and dogs and a spa. I used to have all that stuff. Lexus. Ooh. But um, not anymore. I just... I let that all go. And so there's... But that's the thing. There's nothing... I mean... It's try to try to take. There's nothing to take. Are you gonna take my food stamp balance? Like you're gonna, you're gonna. Well, they'd like to, and that'll be in the next. They'll, they'll be hack the next into Congress. my. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll hack into my it. food stamp balance and like you know like oh god, don't take my seventy-seven dollars a month. I need it. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and I have a very, I have a very low overhead. I have a very, I, I exist on a very small. I economy. just like the fact that Whole Foods has a sign that says we take EBT. Yeah, they absolutely do, and they shame you before you have to tell them before you use the card. They do shame you. Really? Yeah. Uh, Trader Joe's doesn't. You can just use it straight up. Same thing with Walgreens uh, and Safeway. You just use it and press a button and it's fine. You can look like you're using a card just like anyone else. But at Whole Foods, they have to press a special button. So you have to say to them. Is that because they have to go through the list of things you are and aren't allowed? They're like, no, you're not allowed to buy alcohol and you're not allowed to buy hot things. At least with my food stamps. It's no big deal. The computer knows it. Oh. Um, and if I did, then the EBT would take off the balance of the fresh stuff and then I'd have to pay cash for the other stuff. It's no big deal. But at Whole Foods, they make you tell them. 
so one time they shamed me because I bought some foie gras and they're like foie gras with food stamps and you know calorie per penny it's actually not a bad deal like it's <laughs> it's pretty good I'm sorry just because I pour doesn't mean I don't have good taste I love foie gras I fucking love it mm-hmm. but you know they haven't done any foie gras challenges on British Baking Show. They haven't done any like. They're they probably do, not. They're probably not going to. They do the game pie. The, well. Mm. The, the hand the. What are they hand raised pies? I miss Mary. I miss Mary too. Um, is she dead? No. Because she looked. I mean, for a couple of for a couple of episodes, it looked like you know. Like she was the crypt. They were troweling it on. Right. Um, um, no, she looks great. I think she's got to be fine. Go, I, go I, on YouTube, and Mary makes a game pie. And the game pie is great, but what you really want is her recipe for cold, short pie cases. Right. So not the, but hot water method is Sorry, usually I, what they well, use for a hand-raised pie. They it, usually this, use a hot water. This is to make the Melton Mowbray. The Melton Mowbray pork pie is, I mean, apart from me and um, the St. James Bible, <laughs> one of our best exports. All right. But you can't get them because we're not allowed to export pork products to America. Wow. So when my mother came over... Because the trichinosis or whatever. Well, my mother came over Thanksgiving. I can tell you right now, she did not bring any with her. Oh, wow. That's... Yeah. There you go. And enough and enough British cheese to, you know, cause lactose intolerance for a lifetime. Yeah. That's... Britain has a lot of cheese, too. So you're having a big Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, we are. It's uh, uh, we have friends and family coming uh, from over. We always host. That's, That's awesome. my me and my wife put uh, put in a pretty good thing. And I mess around with it constantly. Yeah, well, if you like the British breaking show, I got. Well, no, it's not that. It's my wife is very traditional, Midwest, mm-hmm. and I things I just don't understand. So apparently, strawberry jello, pretzels, and cream is a side dish. That's gross. Not dessert, but from Kansas and Nebraska, mm. you know, uh, I want some broccoli, carrots, mashed potatoes. I want some jello would go good with these. Obviously not with a Dick Van Dyke accent. I just don't have a Midwest. <laughs> you all sound like Yosemite Sam to me. Uh, yeah, that that sounds not that doesn't weird. sound that doesn't sound right to and me. And cranberry fluff. I love cranberry. Not cranberry fluff. I love cranberry. Though. So you take cranberry. It, the quantities are a pound of cranberries, a pound of grounded up uh, red delicious, a quart. Hold on, is it which is the regular cut, re- regular size of a um, not a li- no no in, over here, it's a a thing of whipping cream. A quart, Th- a pint. The, is it a pint? A pint is sixteen ounces. The regular yeah, so, so one of those, and a pound of sugar, and you blend that together. That's cranberry fluff. Oh, I just make. It's like the Midwest can't do anything unless it's got a pound of sugar in it. Yeah, ew. Yeah, that's it's, not my. Game. And the lovely people, we we still do it on some lemon. We still do it, but we don't put the sugar in it. But yeah. my my family goes crazy for their cranberry fluff. Huh. Like we have to make like when I go home tonight, I will be grinding apples and cranberries through midnight. Wow, for the special fluff. Cool. Yeah. Otherwise, no chance of that extra kid. <laughs> I intend to be an alcoholic. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I invested in children because of alcoholism. Well, and it's that that the, why you can say, "Hey, kid, go get me a beer." No, I want the I want the stem cells and kidneys. Oh. Like, I'll go get my own beer, but I'm gonna want I'm gonna want a transplant at sure. some point. Fair like, enough. You love your daddy, 
give me a kidney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got two. That steak and kidney pie. I've always found oh. that gross. No, you just you know what? You've got to clean the kidneys. Right. The problem is if you don't cut the kidneys in half and remove the the little um, the little tracks from mm-hmm, inside, mm-hmm. you get that and, and wash them. Same with liver. You've got to wash them out. Cut them and wash them. Otherwise, you get the ammonia in them, oh. and that's what gives you that bit. And also the you, the kidneys, you want to sear them, but not cook them. You want to sear them and then throw them in the pie so they cook slowly in the pie. Right. Otherwise, you cook it and hard, they just turn into little rocks. Yeah, little, yeah little, and it's just it's cat food. Vile. I wouldn't even feed my cat that. Yeah, man. You, you, the, um, you said about British food. I'll be honest with you. A younger version of me, yeah, there was not a lot good <laughs> with British food. British food in the 70s and 80s was pretty grim. But, but Gordon Ramsay's doing things. And we gave you Gordon Ramsay, not from a culinary point of view, but to teach you how to swear properly. <laughs> um, what did you give us? I was in London a couple of weeks ago. There's a Chipotle. Oh, that's so gross. Well, we just, we don't have any food no, culture you couldn't here. send Levix? I mean, you sent Chipotle, poisonous pork barbacoa. You couldn't yeah. send Levix and some orange sauce in, instead. I mean, you know, our special relationship, send good Mexican food, not, right. not Chipotle. That was just rude. No, look, Chipotle's gross. Uh, La Salsa's better than Chipotle. It's too bad they didn't get down there. La Salsa was a chain that was in San Diego. It was good. They had good. They were very good. But Chipotle, I've never, I've never appreciated them. I, uh, when I was low carbing, I'm, I'm not now, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, when, when I was visit, when I was traveling to America, Chipotle was my go-to huh. for a burrito bowl because it was. But this is this is this is before they started killing people. Uh, oh right, I actually. This is when Chipotle was actually quite good. I got. Um, to be paid once to be on one of those things where they ask you questions. What is it called? Um, oh, panel. Yeah, the research panel thing or whatever. And they gave me a hundred and fifty dollar um, Visa card. It was so exciting, and they had me answer questions for two hours about what would change my mind about Chipotle because it was right after that whole thing where people got sick and blah 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 blah. And they're like, "What can we do differently? What do you like? What do you not like?" And the thing I kept saying was fish tacos fish tacos and they were like that that's not going to happen and i'm like rubio's has fish tacos i want more fish there's only i can't do rubio's i just (gasps) i'm i live in san jose i've got levix it's just i don't i don't know if this levix we've got levix and we've got uh an iguanas uh home of the burrito zilla i'm someone will correct me on that one did you know that san jose was the um town where the food truck was invented I can believe it. The food truck was invented. The first like taco truck, food we have truck. The cheese, me, me and the cheesy bandit have got have a relationship. That sounds good. It's, it's not. Like it's not. Cheesy bandit. They they do a, they do a grilled cheese with real English cheddar. Interesting. And it's um. I mean, it, it's dark. I mean, <laughs> it's dark. There's things like, I've done like with I, there's too. things I've done with their cheese grills that I haven't done with my wife. <laughs> wow. That's a fun way to wrap up this Some Call Me Tim. Uh, John Garside, you are so entertaining to speak with. And what a, jo- what a joy to have on the podcast day on Some Call Me Tim with your own English references. I'm sorry that I made the assumption that the English were anything like the French because they're something We've about gone to war with bread. them to prove the point. And, yeah. good no- and, and this whole Brexit thing is just another one of them. I mean, it's this is where the French said... 
you do realize we have most of the food, asshole. You know, <laughs> we're going to win. You're going to be boiling in a bag again. It's going to be the 70s all over again. Um, you know, Gordon Ramsay's not going to. We're now looking. If, if Brexit happens, then all they can look forward to is chlorinated chicken from Kansas. <laughs> Seriously, they want a free trade agreement with America so we can import chlorinated chicken. When did you buy anything that tasted of um, of Domestos or Clorox that you know was something you wanted to eat? Oh man, I, I feel really terrible about our little chicken industry and thing. But I knew when um, forty five, our president um, elected or whatever appointed Purdue Purdue to be the secretary of <laughs> agriculture. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, okay. They used to be called lobbyists because they weren't allowed in. They had to be in the lobby. They weren't actually allowed in to make laws. That's why they were called lobbyists and they were lobbyists for large corporations. And you just take, you take the, you cut out the middleman. Cut out like, the middle, just stick him right in the government. Just why, stick him right in. Why didn't you just get the minister of beef to be, you know, someone from Tyson's? Right, I mean, just, exactly. It, it's, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. It's the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And Betsy DeVos, of course, you know, I mean. Well, she actually, there are, the funny thing about Betsy DeVos is that there are quotes that I found of her on the internet from before she was appointed saying we gave more money to this campaign what am i going to get out of this mm-hmm. and what did she get out of it oh you can be secretary of education like what do you learn in america fake it till you make it i guess or just ask for uh, maybe that's the problem i'm not asking it's because she asked she said you know what i gave you enough money now i'm asking for an appointment and then there, there you go that's mm-hmm. how it works money i mean it, I, it's very I tisked I tisked the concept of money but after that's America is years, money after two and a bit years in government he's finally appointed a ambassador to South Africa oh she's not going to be going to the um, to Norweto to see the people where I lost my religion she's going to be in Turban and she's going to be in um, in Cape Town, Cape Town. In, in, enjoying the white life right yeah she's there's going to have a great time some great restaurants in Cape Town oh man yeah. good fish like oof no water, good fish. <laughs> no water. They got less water than California. See, the world's falling apart. But and what will save it? Not greed. So and not we'll, we'll bring it around, but but not harp on it. The thing is, like, I feel bad for the chickens that get put in the tiny cages and they chop little beaks off, and we're like, oh, don't do that. And we, all the Californians were like, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to hurt the chickens. And. And those are just chickens, right? That we don't want to eat. But these, there are people. There are people that need help. There are chickens in cages. There are people that poop into nothing. Like we even even that's another country. It's happening right now. It's happening right. But like even inside, like in the, in our own country, there are so many like solvable problems if we can sort of take greed out of the equation and these, you know, like the. The thing with the San Francisco, we all voted on this thing that big corporations that make more than $50 million a year, they have to give point half a percent mm-hmm. to the homeless fund for the for housing, for affordable housing and to get homeless people off the street and just cure this problem. And we all voted for it and everyone's like, hooray! And it's going to be in legal proceedings for the next 10 years. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're never, it's never, the only person behind it was the Salesforce guy. And 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 who, who probably does more for us as a society than anybody realizes. When you call up that call center, your information's in a Salesforce system. You know, that that's, they're not just doing sales, it's customer relationship management. Whereas, you know, what's Twitter done? Well, they 
make people feel bad about themselves. I was trying to be positive. I just <laughs> couldn't get there. I'm glad you helped me on that one. No, well, this is the thing. They don't, they, they've contributed nothing. And Jack Dorsey, who has so much capability, such an amazing thinker, and says, well, there should be a different way, but I don't know what it is. I'm like, dude, you created Square. You created Twitter. You have been at the forefront of enabling people to grow culturally and as entrepreneurs. And you think half a percent off your top line is the end of it uh screw you and your tesla well that's the that's the greed thing how much do people truly need how much do they how much do they want and how much they need and when do when do wants become needs and then i can't live without you need another you need another podcast where we can talk about progressive politics and and and, and we could give some contrast because the right winger is still within me just you know, with a, a lifetime of experience that knows what does and doesn't work. You, you need to be able to succeed because you want to pass it on. That's human. How much do you pass on? Uh, that's the bit that's up for st- uh, debate in society. I'm a Marxist. I'm straight up. I'm like, n- there is no public property. People don't pass on things to their family level. I don't, I'm a, t- I'm a hardcore Marxist. I believe in those precepts, baby. He had like 10 of them. He's like, this is communism. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. You have kids. Oh, no, I went to Cuba and I was with you. I loved Cuba. I really did. Before, before I, you know, became an American, uh, I enjoyed the privileges of being British. Uh, and I spent real time. No, I didn't just go to the resorts. I mean, I actually spent time in, uh, Sifuigo and, and in, uh, uh, God, it's so long ago now. Uh, in uh, Trinidad de Cuba, and you know, went through the revolution, and I and this was part of me. I I really loved it, and at the same time, when, yeah, it's fantastic and it's real, and it's also in complete contrast to uh, human uh, ego, right, and, and capitalism, and, and not <laughs> even ca- capitalism, but just wanting to take care of your community means passing something on might not be you know passing on to community and not just to your son or daughter but passing something on retention of property like i said it's uh, well but retention of property only works for property owners if you're if you rent and uh, up first we have pam benjamin give it up for pam everybody Oop, i let me get my gloves on uh, thank you so much, Chris. This is really exciting. Oh, got my gloves. I already touched the mic, though. Oh, no. We'll wipe it down. They'll wipe it down. It's all about safety. Here I got my gloves on. I haven't put gloves on since I put a finger in my boyfriend's butt. You know what I mean? All right. They said no dick jokes, but what about butt jokes? Everybody okay with that? My butthole looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. Meaty. That is meaty. Yeah. We're all here. Hey, I'm, I've been totally digging COVID. I was a San Francisco 6, but I am a COVID 10. I'm like, whoa. I don't have a mask on. You can see my face. <laughs> like, whoa. I feel so pretty. I live in the Tenderloin, and it feels so good when I get compliments. People have been calling it cat calling. I'm calling it cat complimenting because they're complimenting my pussy and I like it. You know what I mean? I, a guy the other day, he said to me, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. That's a compliment. That's not a cat call. Another COVID one I got was, you look, you walking like you got some place to live. I was like, yeah, I do. 
too much attention so I try not to wear skirts uh, but he saw me in my skirt and he said oh girl I like your skirt can I get under there and get a sniff whoa we went from complimenting to catcalling so quickly and I'm like why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum that's weird that's like <laughs> gross bro like that's on you bro actually it's on me I think he's uh, it's all over me I finally understand catcalling because I got a kitten during COVID. Oh, I got a COVID kitten. And I'm constantly catcalling her. I'm like, come here, baby kitty, come here. Baby kitty, I love you, come here. And then she like shows me her butthole and I'm like, oh girl, you want it. And then I walk over to her and I pick her up without consent and I flip her over like a baby and I kiss her on the mouth. <laughs> it's catcalling. <laughs> it's catcalling. Good stuff. I, I'm a comedian. I like to hang out with young comedians, and they keep telling me, "Oh, you've got this weird like mom vibe. Like we don't want to fuck you because like no one wants to fuck their mom." And I say, "What about your stepmom?" Because I hear that's a new trope in porn. Like, and then my question is, are those women in porn real stepmoms? <laughs> They're just really good actresses. I don't know. I had my first abortion in 1995. Yeah, it's 25 years ago. And I really only have one regret about my first abortion. And then it's, I, I didn't have the kid, so I could be fucking all of his friends. I could be, why don't I have a 25 year old child so that I can be having sex with all of his friends? Yes. Abortion regrets. I only have one regret about my second abortion, uh, and and that was you know a couple of years ago. I was I was in the doctor's office and they had me up in the stirrups, you know, and they said after they gave me an amazing drug called midazolam. Anybody love benzodiazepines? Just me. There's a reason why I was getting an abortion. You know what I mean? So my legs are up there. I'm on the good drugs, and they tell me, all right, uh, it's a five-minute procedure. Some people talk, some people don't talk. It's like five minutes, has anyone ever told jokes? It's a hot five. That's a killer five, you guys. It was a killer set. It was a bringer show, I left it there. My only regret is about my second abortion, they didn't let me take my phone in so I couldn't tape the set, you know? Like, did those jokes matter? Do they have any like relevance to my life at all? Is it? meaningful in any way I don't know judge me this is fine I don't I, I shouldn't have kids I love drinking yay does everybody love drinking yay I'm a responsible adult I make choices in my life yay I love drinking I don't have children hooray I get real nervous about these crazy times bye bikers I love your chrome bag it's so sparkly I want to get one just like you yay your steez crispy bag Crispy. I learned that from a child. That's a cool thing to say. But so I, I, I don't want to have kids, you know? I don't want to do that. And America might make me do that. America, you don't want me to have a baby. I love drinking. If you make me have a baby, 
America, I'm going to need some new tools to drill some holes in my trunk, you know, so the baby can breathe in the car while I'm hanging out in the bar. <laughs> Can't afford a babysitter. I'm the nanny. It's crazy. I know Scruff Puff. Hey, hey, buddy. He's a nice, he's a nice dog. He's just, he's not heckling. He's just loving my abortion jokes. So if you, if you make me have a baby, America, you know when it's, it's still gonna have one of those backpacks on when it's five because it's gonna try to run into traffic. My mommy doesn't love me. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. Like, ah, don't run into traffic. And then when it's nine, I'm gonna have to go to one of those stupid parent-teacher conferences. It's like first grade for the fourth time. And the teacher looks at me and says, Miss Benjamin, your child says, that you love alcohol more than it. And I'm like, yeah, this is a sippy cup filled with vodka, you dumb bitch. I didn't want the kid. And then it turns 12 and it starts doing ketamine. And I'm like, who is your dealer? I can take you to Burning Man. You can finally get to know each other. It's gonna be great. Then at 15, America, you make me have this baby. At 15, it's gonna teach me the cutest thing. If you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. <laughs> From the mouths of babes, genius, try it. And then it dies at 17. From this crazy like speedball, cocaine, heroin to the veins, 17 years. 17 years. That is the latest late-term abortion I could ever have. It's a 17-year late-term abortion. It was your choice, America, to make me have this kid. Like, I, you're the one that paid for rehab four times. I'm on Medi-Cal. I can't afford that. Cool. Gonna close out with a dick joke because I was told I'm not supposed to do that. I have a fetish about uncircumcised guys. Like... I want to pull up their dick, and I want to pull their foreskin up over their dick, and I want to put whiskey in their foreskin. Because I want whiskey dick for real. Can I finally get what I want? Right, it's twofold. One, I'm an alcoholic, and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. And two, boys are gross. And you have to clean out all that schmegma. You know what I mean? Thank you all for being here, our 50th anniversary. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the music. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship. 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19th, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old... He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic health care systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic, but the Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go to antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um... What, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, no, that bitch, no, that bitch. And, uh. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived. Why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. Rolling flag, 340-1976, and it does not spell anything. Rolling flag, 340-1976. Go for it. Call in, guys. Mutiny Radio.fm 
Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Well, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought. 